You're listening to an encore presentation of We the People. You can hear this show live every Friday night from 7 until 8 p.m. Your source for locally how you can get involved to make a difference. Tune in. Thanks for listening. Get out there and make a difference. San Marcos, Hayes County, and the rest of the world. This is Friday night. It is 7 o'clock. This is We the People here live on KZSM.org, your true community radio station. This is your connection for how to get involved locally. You know, how can you make a difference? And, you know, those obscure things that really make the difference in your life, like uh, the guys that uh, put your taxes uh, to uh, work for you. And we've got somebody here that we're going to be talking to tonight. Brian Shanks is running for school board uh, here in San Marcos. I'll get the exact district for you. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But uh, this is one of those races that you do want to get to know the candidates. You do want to get a vote because your vote is going to count like you wouldn't believe, folks, okay? So get on out there, and uh, we're going to be talking to Brian here on the porch. We're also going to be talking about what else is going on around the city. Got talking to uh, one of our city council members last night. We'll talk about kind of some of the the under-the-table scuttle about uh, what's going on out there. And, man, it is nice. Get out there and get involved. We're going to talk about a few things coming up on that. This is a political commentary show. This is um, We the People every Friday night from 7 to 8 o'clock. This is a political commentary show. The views expressed on this show are those of the hosts and the guests and not necessarily those of SMTXCRA, the governing board, or KZSM.org. We'll be right back with you. So, Brian, give me a give me a mic check there. Tell us about yourself. Who are you and why are you running for school board? I mean, because I know that it pays so much. Okay. And uh, um, because I'm crazy is the number one reason. No, um, actually, it's because I felt called to do it. Um, and uh, I have a saying that I've been using quite a bit lately is you don't always get to choose the mission. The mission chooses you. Um, and so when the mission chose me, I, I stepped up and I went for it. And that mission is what? Uh, to run for school board and to try and help our schools improve. We've been lagging behind for a long time. I have four kids. Three of them have already graduated through San Marcos High School. So almost 32 years of kids in school. <laughs> <laughs> and here in San Marcos, Yes, too. sir. So you've gone through all sorts of different school boards, school board, uh, 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 school chairs, uh, all sorts of different folks. And what do you know about the meetings? What, uh, what, when you go down to a school board meeting, what hits you the hardest? 
Um, so I, I'm going to be honest, I've only been to one meeting and that was last week. And the first thing that, that hit me was that after four hours, I left. Um, I went home to see my family because I hadn't been home yet that day. Um, and that told me that the school board meetings aren't really inviting to the public because nobody can invest five hours into a meeting as much as they want to participate. It's just you can't dedicate a whole evening like that. You have families to take care of. So the school board is what do you see as the role of the school board? I see the role of the uh, school board almost like a a chair a group a chair group very much on the strategic side of it um, we give and guide strategic direction um, and then we let the superintendent and his staff make the the goals and determine the outcomes and and see them through so what do you think as the goals of the school board should be I mean what you know if I were to give you three things that you know the school board that you know you're gonna have this is my dashboard this would be my goal that I'd be looking at um, I guess so you meaning goals for the school or goals for the district for because, the district you know you as a representative okay are going to be okay what is the focus do we get into the minutiae or you know hey let's back up here where are we at and you can you know on you know this goal here okay so um for instance you could take a goal we want to improve the percentage of kids at grade level right now as a whole the the if you take all of the grades i think we're in the 20s right now um especially after covid kids that are at grade level level or above that's 20 I don't quote me on this but i think it was right at 24 percent so 24 percent of the kids are testing or are where they should be you know to some benchmark at grade level so say at grade level six right Correct. and that only 20 24 percent somewhere in that 20 to 30 percent range okay are are where they should be according to our benchmarks then. correct okay so a high level goal would be to to improve that correct so right. so the school board could direct the superintendent his and their staff to say we want to improve this by a certain percentage okay so you know we know with covid we know we've lost that what kind of time frame do we need to do to get us back on track here? Well, if you look historically through the the testing data, you will see that um, if a, they start testing at third grade, and if that class at third grade tests at a certain level, they have a tendency to take that level with them all the way through all the other grades. So... <laughs> it's very imperative that we throw a lot of resources to improve this and try and improve it as quickly as possible well where were we before covid do you know we were in the 30 percentile range 30 wow. to 34 of were testing when they came into their grade at their they were testing at their grade level yes wow that's uh, uh that says a lot right there and there are classes that there are classes that do better and then there are classes that do worse sure i mean that's going to be a, but that's still a median 
Correct. You know, you know, even yes. So I've got some that are better, some that are worse. I'm still talking about for an entire grade level across the district. How many students do we have in the district right now? About. I heard a number around. 6,000, okay. I think, but don't quote me on that one. <laughs> okay, I know, I'm throwing, it's just, I have not, I focused a good many years ago on, and I knew those numbers. I just, with all the growth we've had, I have been focused other places, and I just, you know, I'll be honest with you, no, I don't know, you know, where we're at on a lot of our benchmarks for the uh, district. Now, I do know one of my, my key ones that I always look at are the financials because I know that we are one of the most indebted uh, districts uh, in the state. Okay, I know that for a fact because of uh, all of our, uh, the bonds that we've passed and all of the things that we've done. We're heavily in debt and we are, you know, we spend a lot of money. Um, and, you know, where do you kind of fall on that? Um, <laughs> that, that's a real good question. So, um, I'm a, I'm a big metrics guy. Um, so if we're going to support a, a program, fund a program, then it needs to be backed by metrics to determine whether that program was successful or not. And there needs to be timelines to it. So if whatever we're doing doesn't tie back to a metric to, to improve one of our goals or our outcomes, then why are we doing it? And we need to ask those questions because I believe that is besides being providing that strategic level uh, for the school district, we're also hold the keys to the budget. And that's, I mean, we have a strong responsibility to our community to use that money wisely. Well, and, you know, it's even more, uh, I guess coming home to folks as they're opening up their appraisal letters uh, <laughs> coming out this last week and seeing how much of that is going to the uh, school uh, district and uh, and seeing an increase that they're going to have to pay this next year. Now, you know, we all know about inflation and we all know about these things, true, but are we going to have someone there on our school board that's going to be questioning and that's I think the big question I always have is are you going to question the numbers are you going to question you know the increases in where we're looking at adding money and you know what is the importance you know is it athletics or is it education you know and a lot of times in the school district it has come down to uh, jumbotron boards and uh, uh, big stadiums versus uh, teachers' raises. Um, so, I'm a big fir firm believer of academics first. Okay, that's that's the number one reason why we're sending our our kids to school is to learn their ABCs and one two threes. Um, I do believe in the arts, um, but those tie directly into academics, and there's plenty of research out there that show. You know, kids that are involved in art, music, um, dance, that they actually perform better on testing and they perform better in school. Um, that could also be said about athletics, but it's not the same. They don't have the same percentages that go along with that. So I'm a firm believer of, of the arts. 
Well, I mean, I'm not trying to go back and uh, to get the the geeks against the uh, <laughs> you know the football guys, uh, you know, uh, something like some '80s movie or something. But I'm, you know, there is that we, you know, we've got where are we going to spend the money? Mm-hmm. And you know, and also it is about the inclusion of the community in a lot of these things. Okay, you know, and that's. It doesn't. You don't have to rely on the schools to teach the music. You can teach the music at home. You can teach the music in other ways, and you know we're a big advocate of that here at the station. But it is also important for the community to have that integration of the school district with what is going on in a musical and artistic community, such as we've got here at San Marcos. You know, um, what about the outreach? What about some of these kind of uh, getting the public involved with what is going on at the schools? Um, I would I would love to get the community more involved. Um, one of one of my goals is to to try and and kind of streamline the board meetings a little bit, make it a little more inviting for the community to participate. Um, I'd also like to see moving the board meetings to throughout the the city into all the different schools that way people that might have uh, transportation issues still have access plus it gives the board an opportunity to visit and see the different schools in the school district um, I am a firm believer of I know the music uh, group has played over here the jazz band has played over here in Kissing Alley and we had a decent turnout for that um, so that's another way, and, and that's one of the advantages I see with sports is sports does get the community involved. We just need to find a way to tie that involvement in all these other activities and bring that into more into the school and more into the school board meetings, and, and that way they can understand where their money is going, what we're doing to try and improve the schools and graduation rates and all those other things. I'm going to ask you one quick one here before we go take a station break. Um, what what do you feel is the goal of the school district? I mean, what, you know, the same thing here is that, you know, both of my kids have graduated from the high school, have gone through the whole process, okay? And I have given my child over to the school district for X amount of hours, you know, at X amount of dollars for so many years. What should be the goal of the school district? The goal should be to help produce a child that is college, career, or military ready. And that's, you know, not all, all kids are, are college bound. You know, I have out of the three kids that have graduated, I have only one that went to college. The other two are doing perfectly fine. You know, so the trades are legit, you know, careers. And, and the military is a, is a legitimate career. Um, so I think the school's goals are aligned right there. We just, I'm not sure we're, we're doing a good job of getting them to that point. Okay, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back from break. You are listening to KZSM at, uh, Community Radio here in San Marcos, Texas. And you've got Rob Rourke, your host here for We the People on uh, Friday night, your connection for how you get involved locally. We're talking with Mr. Brian Shanks here this evening, and uh, he is running for school board. 
uh, here on San Marcos CISD. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of uh, what all it, it, it requires and what you got to do to be on the school board here in just a minute, but we're going to take a quick uh, station break and come back after these uh, station uh, announcements and uh, some of the shows that you can hear all throughout the weekend. Order in the court. In the distant year of 2021, mankind has traveled to the far reaches of outer space. This vast galaxy is full of life forms of every shape and size, and there is one common need that unites them all. Not food, not water. In space, everybody needs a lawyer. But who can rise to the challenge? Who has the guts to defend the denizens of our universe? I'll tell you who. Lance Vibrato, Astronaut Attorney. Tune in every Sunday at 9 p.m. to hear the cosmic courtroom comedy that befalls Lance Vibrato, Astronaut Attorney. Only on KZSM.org. Hey y'all, this is Diesel D, host of KZSM's Veterans Hour. I want to remind everybody that Soldier Songs and Voices is meeting every Monday at Cheatham Street Warehouse from 5 until 7 p.m. If you are a veteran or active service member of the Armed Forces and want to learn how to write songs and play guitar, stop by Cheatham Street Warehouse located at 119 Cheatham Street or visit us online at SoldierSongsAndVoices.com. Howdy, partner. Does your daily routine usually consist of train robberies, horse fights, gunslinging, or all-around adventuring throughout the Wild West? Because if it doesn't, then you need to tune in to the best cowboy comedy radio play this side of the Mississippi. And that's Roscoe Taylor, the Tallahassee tween, broadcasting on KZSM every Sunday at 8 p.m. Tune in. You'll be glad you did. And back with you here, just some of the shows that you can hear on uh, you know, every day of the week. Well, not every day, but uh, that we've got here for you. This is Rob Burke, your host on uh, We the People on a Friday night here in downtown San Marcos, Texas. And I've got Mr. Brian Shanks is here with me. And um, Brian, you are running for San Marcos School Board. How many people are on the school board? There are seven people on the school board, not counting the superintendent, who sits sits with the board. Right, but the super the superintendent is appointed by the board, is hired by the board, and his salary is set by the board. Now the superintendent then goes out and is responsible for all staff and hires all staff uh, with the uh, school district. Correct. Okay, and just so you know, so all the budget, all of the finance, all of the uh, academic, uh, all of the uh, uh, the different uh, principals at each of the schools, all of those kind of report in through a structure to the superintendent. But ultimately, 
the superintendent is hired and fired and reports in and reports to the board. Correct. Okay. Sometimes I think that gets lost. I, I I've seen in the past, so I just that's why I like to make sure that's clear. You know that we're all there. Um, but and I'm saying that kind of sarcastically because there's times when the superintendent has ran everything, and I've uh, it's been frustrating to me on the outside so uh, yes folks you know i don't always go along with everybody that's not what i do that's why i'm here on the radio um so the goals we were talking about right before the break okay and having that goal of getting a uh, a young adult out into the world with the skills to either go into the military to go into a um uh into college further learning you know whether it's a two-year four-year college and i'm gonna have to take a break to <laughs> excuse me or to go into a career you want to talk about that for just a minute while i grab some some water here yeah, so um, we do have um, a career prep program at the school, um, and they're expanding it. And I've had the opportunity uh, to to listen to some of the kids and, and how it's impacted their life. We've got, got a really neat um, high-end automotive and body shop program. Um, they've got vet tech program. So they've got some... some good programs um, at the school. Um, I would like to see them tied a little more directly to community needs um, first uh, because a lot of the kids that do graduate from high school end up staying here in this community. So if we can have programs like, you know. Or we'd at least like to be able to keep them here in the correct. community. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'd like to see more more of the trades offered here. You know, we've got plumbing, we've got electrical, and even going as far as, as having carpentry programming. We've got a lot of carpenters that, that work, and a lot of our, our high school, our kids drop out of school to go work in carpentry. Why not get them to stay in a little bit longer, teach them a little bit about accounting, how to estimate and stuff like that so they can take those skills back to those trades now my daughter graduated a few years back uh she her senior year she went into she had to take an ffa class farmer uh future farmers of america and uh as part of that was stick welding and she got to see that hey i'm pretty good at this so she went off to welding school and came back and so one of the big things that she ended up getting into student debt, which she's finally getting out of a whole nother discussion. But one of the things that she talked about was that a really a lot of the financial life skills were what they didn't teach. And that was one of her regrets was that she didn't have more of the financial life skills being taught across the board at the uh, high school level. Um, and you know that's been a that's been an interesting discussion since I was in school. <laughs> you know, um, we had economics class. There were there were home economics. You know, were to kind of teach you some of those life skills. Um, and I'm all for teaching teaching kids how to balance a checkbook. 
I personally taught my all my own kids how to balance a checkbook, you know, taught them about credit cards, taught them about savings accounts, um, and we even read books about beginning uh, stock market trading. So, you know, is that a is that a parental role or is that a school role? And that's always kind of that balance. Yeah, I, and it is. I, I and I understand that because you know, for me, uh, for my son, the younger one, uh, uh, which I didn't do with my daughter. I don't know. She just, but my son jumped on it. Was he did all of our checks and all the bills for us. And he got to see so much. He's like, okay, now I know why you don't have any money, Dad. You know, and it was, you know, it, it was that that eye-opening thing of here you've got to figure out how we're going to pay the bills and the and and by that time my daughter had left, gone off to school, and it was just he and I, so it made it a little easier for him. But yeah, I, I get that about the, uh, you know, that's that balance that I'm I'm trying to kind of talk about here, are those life skills. What do we teach? What is the responsibility of a home? And how can we help parents to do that? Uh, and, and also focus on what's needed at the school level. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea because I, I really don't think that kids are, are getting, getting those skills at home anymore. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea to teach them health, how to eat, you know, the importance of exercising. We do have an obesity problem in this nation. And if COVID didn't teach us anything else, it taught us that we are a very unhealthy country and we need to change, you know, how we do that. Um, cybersecurity is another one that, you know, I, a lot of adults don't understand it themselves. So how are they going to explain it to their kids? And the importance of you know, how to handle social media, how not to put every single thing about their life on social media because it's there forever. Um, you know, those are some things that we could probably put into uh, some good classes, along with how to, some basic accounting and how interest rates work. Well, and, and how you can get trapped in on a, uh, uh, you know, paycheck loan and things like those. You know, that's some of the warnings out there, you know, it's a choice and, you know, but folks need to, you know, we need to make the kids aware of it. Now, I'm going to kind of somewhat of a, a little tack there. You talked about cybersecurity. Uh, we talked about, you know, some of the, uh, the skills that you can be taught. And one of the things is we are right here. Uh, we've got Amazon. We've got uh, uh, Best Buy. We've got, we're just down the road here from, uh, uh, Austin, we've got technical skills that are needed for networking, for uh, uh, security, right, for learning a lot of the cyber stuff. And one of the problems we ran into was uh, a few years back they said, okay, well, we're going to go on ahead and have a four-year prog- uh, four years that you can go through starting at your freshman year and you line yourself up along this career path. And my son said, great, I'm going for this. And they had a Cisco uh, networking mm-hmm. that they, they would do. So he got along, got into his uh, sophomore year, and the person that was doing the Cisco networking, they couldn't afford to keep him. And so he left. And so my son was left kind of teaching the people there about the, you know, my son was really good and it taught himself a lot of stuff. 
and he's ending up teaching the, the, the folks there at the school. So he got into his uh, junior year, and he said, you know what? <laughs> There's no reason for me to be here. They're not going to give me anything. So he decided to graduate early. And they tried to talk him out of it. He graduated early. He was 17, went up to work in Austin uh, with a friend. They got a place, helped him get a place. They paid for it, everything. And he went to work for GoDaddy. And GoDaddy is uh, hosts uh, websites. And uh, funny thing, he was 17 still. I had to sign a waiver letting him work on X-rated sites. And I was like, oh, this kid could get into it if I want. If I, you know, there's no keeping him out of it if I wanted to. So he then went over to a couple of the companies and ended up getting himself up as a cloud support uh, specialist, uh, taught himself Linux. He had uh, gone out and uh, beta tested for Code Academy from home, uh, learned C++, learned Apache, learned these languages. Where I'm circling back to is that, you know, here is a career path that he has got himself at 25 now, has not gone to school, and is making about 165000 a year plus bonuses. So now, is everybody going to go that path? No. Is it possible to do that as a graduate from uh, San Marcos High School? Yes. But those are some of the high paying that we've got that it's hard to tap into because of the resources. I mean, you know, we're... We're talking specialized teaching, but I mean, just even the teachers themselves, it is hard to keep good teachers here at the school district. It is, um, and you know, right now it, it's especially hard. Um, there's, a, there's a teacher shortage across, you know, the nation. Um, and I'm a firm believer that as long as, you know, most people don't go to work just for a paycheck. Okay, especially if you're looking at a career. If you're working at Starbucks or McDonald's, you're pretty much going to work for a paycheck. But if you're if you're doing a career like wanting to become a teacher, you, you're going in knowing you're not going to be rich. Um, so they understand that it's not the highest paying job in the world. So what is going on that is making them leave? What what is the culture? You know that is not making them happy and and i really think that that's something that needs to be focused on because if you have a good culture that people want to come to work and they feel supported and they feel listened to then they will put up with you know the low pay that a teacher makes well i had someone uh, talking to me this last week was talking about uh, that there are a huge number of teachers that are not going to renew their contract this next year, that are they're headed to another district next year, and I, you know, we were talking about so why is it, you know, what is that frustration factor? Is it pay? Is it you know, is there anything that you're hearing out there as you're going and you're talking to people about uh, with the teachers and with uh, keeping them here? Um, I, I've heard I've heard a few things. Um, some of it is frustration with the kids. Um, it's they feel like uh, during COVID that the kids forgot how to behave in a classroom, and they're not they're not feeling supported. Not only not necessarily just administration, but the parents. They don't feel like the parents are supporting them. So. If, if their child isn't doing something or is acting up and disrupting the class, 
then the parent is attacking the teacher and saying, well, that's, you know, that's your fault. My little baby wouldn't do that type of thing. And that doesn't, that doesn't build a great culture. That leaves the teacher out there trying to do their best and not, not feeling supported. So when I say, you know, we need to get the community involved, that's also there is a certain accountability to the community it's a there's a certain accountability for parents to ensure their kids are doing their homework you know we got an email the or a yeah an email notice the other day you know reminding saying hey you know you need to get your homework in by the end of the month otherwise it's not going to be counted for this marking period and i'm like thinking going in, you know <laughs> it's like wait a minute i had like one week to do these things and that was it i got a zero you know i had to figure out how to offset a zero you know if i didn't get it in yeah so there there's i think we've uh, we've taken the accountability away from our kids and they're not we're not holding them accountable and there needs to be a certain accountability for that um honestly i believe that starts with the school board the school board needs to be accountable um, they need to trust the superintendent and the superintendent needs to be accountable and he needs to trust his principals and it's a trickle down process and if we can get that process going then i think we will see results in our schools i really do so we're looking for the results and I, I'm going to kind of swing back to that we talked about you know having a child ready to go and to you know be able to go out into society right correct we talked about you know a budget doing this you know within a certain budget and making sure that every dollar counts right Correct. yes and we're talking about how do we keep and maintain uh the best educators how do we do a uh, you know and there's certain things that are beyond the control you know we're all dealing with covid we're all dealing with the effects of covid with the at home and you know all of that disruption that that caused and so now yes we've got to get parents doubled down how do we get the parents engaged you know in support of the teachers better i guess you know, if that is one of the reasons that we're, you know, we're seeing uh, this exodus uh, of, of teaching skills from our, uh, uh, from our district. Well, and I don't have all of the answers, you know, um, but I, I truly believe that it's, you know, it's got to start at the top because that's what we have the most control over. Um, when watching the school board meeting, I did not get the feeling that the school board trusted the superintendent. And so what happens in, in relationships like that, then the superintendent more than likely will not trust. He will start to kind of micromanage his principals, and then the principals will start micromanaging the teachers, and then in turn, the teachers start micromanaging the children. And, you know, it's all about trust, and trust has to start somewhere, and I think it needs to start at the top. And the school board is responsible for building that trust with the community. 
that we're, we're elected officials, that that's, you know, if you're not going out and talking to the community, and I know we're all busy, we're all, we all have jobs. It's not like we're, we're taking three years off to just do school board work. So, you know, I'm, I'm not taking that out of context. But you have to be available for when there are questions. You have to go out in the public. You have to move amongst the public. You have to talk to them. You've got to go to neighborhoods maybe that aren't in your district and talk to them. You know, I mean, that's who we report to. That is our boss is the community. Well, and I'm going to take two things off that. First, I want to kind of go into the, the districts. So there are three different districts in uh, with there's five districts and two at large and two at large. So in each of the districts there, so there's five members, two at large, and then our, our school uh, uh, superintendent uh, that are sitting up there deciding on these things. So this is one of the districts where it is, and this has been redrawn, I think, since last, uh, since two years ago, correct? Correct. So yes. tell me a little bit about where the district goes <laughs> and about that. Ah, he's smiling. <laughs> I, I, well, you know I had to open this one up. Um, Yes. So when I when I first submitted my paperwork, I went on, on the uh, the district website and I pulled down the map and started looking at it. And I was like, oh, OK, this is pretty easy. You know, basically west of Hunter goes to Wonder World Drive out to Ranch Road, you know, 12 and a few other neighborhoods along the way. I was like, this is pretty easy. Well, after the last census, it's kind of been piecemealed. Now it goes down on the other side of Hopkins and, and dips into MLK and some of those areas. It goes out towards campus and dips in some of those areas. So it's, it's, it's this really, it, logically, I don't understand it. <laughs> Well, it's just like all of our other districts. <laughs> yes. you know, they have been just uh, piecemealed together for some, and it's what's called gerrymandering is the uh, uh, the old term for it. Uh, you know, it's to get certain districts in and to, to try to uh, uh, make it more inclusive of the district, I guess. Um, so it makes it a little bit more difficult now because a lot of people aren't aware that there's an election going. Yes, and, and that's the unfortunate side effect of, of having a May 7th election that the only other thing on the ballot is, is the two constitutional amend Texas constitutional amendments. So it doesn't get a lot of play time in the community. So when is uh, early voting? When is voting and where can people um, go? Early voting is going on right now, um, and it'll continue um, until Tuesday. Um, and then the final vote is on the 7th. And uh, the Justice Center is one of the main voting areas. And I'm going to have to look up because I can never remember all of the voting areas. But if we can move on, if you want. That's yeah. all right. We'll come yeah. back to it, and, and I'll give you a minute to find. I know I'm just showing that, but I, it is uh, folks can get information on this election. They do have it at the county and at the uh, San Marcos CISD uh, websites uh, uh, for how you can uh, get out there, and it is a little difficult. Also, go to your voter registration card, and this is District uh, 5? 4. 
four, excuse me, thank you. So, uh, and see, and I have to see, because I may have changed, I, I need to go back and take a look, because I'm right on the, uh, uh, what is that, like the east side of Hunter. So I'm, I don't know, you know, so I've got to go back and take a look there and, and uh, find out. Um, so let's, uh, yeah, let's just take a couple more minutes here uh, and uh, uh, talk about the, you know, because of this, how many people do you think are going to vote in this election? <laughs> Do you want to hear the optimistic side or the pessimistic side? Either way, <laughs> you 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 have to do numbers. I mean, you know how many people you got to go out so and talk to. There are twelve thousand registered voters in my district. Um, a little little more than twelve thousand, I round. Um, I'm hoping to get at least four to five thousand that show up. That's the wow. optimistic side. Wow, that really is optimistic. Yeah, I'm very optimistic. Um, I've heard from I've heard from people that have not um, voted in the school board elections for twenty years that are are calling me and and getting information on it. Well, that's good. That's yes. good to hear because usually it is you're talking three to four percent yes, of your sir. registered voters. I mean, that are normally in a school board. Now, if it is a bond election, you can get up to 8 to 10%. But that's it. And this is where I was talking about, folks, is that your vote does make a difference, especially in these races. All right. So does your one vote, you know, you come in and swagger in here and... Uh, uh, Mr. Shanks, I, I I got my big old vote right here, and you know I want you to do this and that. I don't I don't think that's what we're talking about here, but it is that your your vote you do vote, and people know that, and that if you can get people to the polls, that also makes a difference, and that also makes you. A little bit of a bigger fish in a small pond, okay? Uh, I, I guess is it from the politics side of things. But um, what would you tell people about getting involved and why it's important for them to be involved in this race and to, and to cast their vote? So number one is, you know, your community follows the school. So if your, your school is not doing well, then you're going to have higher crime rates in your community you're not going to attract businesses that provide better um, living wages um, so everybody needs to be concerned about the schools everybody in the community and that's coming from somebody that has not been involved as far as in politics in and even voting in the community um, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm coming from a place that you are at now. So, um, but I've, I've seen the light, so to speak. You've, uh, you have seen the religion, <laughs> Mr. Brian Shanks. You see the light about why it is important to be involved in the, uh, the school board. And, uh, and you're not doing this. Okay, so you're going to have meetings once a month plus special meetings, plus, you know, you're going to have huge things to go through, budgets to go through. 
you're going to need to get out there in the community. You're going to need to attend events. You're going to need to try to talk to people and, and get their feedback on things. And we're the big, hi, I'm your school board uh, uh, member, uh, you know, for this district. Come uh, come talk to me, you know, on, on your back, right? You mm-hmm. know, and so you're not getting paid. Why do you want to do this? <laughs> Um, when I put it in such terms, <laughs> don't, don't walk away and say I quit, okay? No. Um, I, you know, I care. Um, I've always, even though I haven't, I haven't voted and I haven't been into politics, I've always worked with the children of the community. I've, I've, coached, I've coached almost every sport, little league sport, kid sport there is. Um, I'm engaged in the Boy Scouts. Um, the, the children are our future, you know, and, and as, as canny or too cliche as that sounds, they are. And fortunately, now that I only have one at home, I have more time, you know, to, to get involved at a different level. Well, and then you've seen it through with your with your children, and you know, with the coaching, and with the community, and different involvement, and and with interactions with different people as well. I ha- I have, and and we've got we've got a lot of really good people in this community. We do, and I would never say this is a bad community because it's not. We just need to get those people to be more involved, also. Once again, I'm coming from a guilty position here, yeah. um, but we do because the community needs you guys to step up, especially if you're retired. If you're bored, see where you can volunteer at the school. There's some paperwork involved, but just being there to greet kids in the morning is a, is a nice touch to make them feel welcomed when they're there first thing in the morning. Oh, we've got greeters. You know, so you can do that. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. We could, you know, like yeah. I said, they have to, you, you have to do some paperwork and you got to make sure that you're, you know. You pass a background check. And yeah, you know, safe uh, to be yeah. around the kids. Right. And don't wear any clown makeup or anything. <laughs> I got it. Um, so let me give you one more minute here and then I'm going to, we're going to go ahead and uh, break. Um, why should people vote for you? Um, because I bring leadership. I bring a lot of years of leadership. I've been, I've been learning and I learn a lot of my lessons the hard way. Um, and I'm constantly every day trying to be a better leader and a better human being. And I study, I go, I take training and leadership to me is the answer to problems, how to fix problems. You have to have the right leadership. And again, just uh, one more time, election day is what day and when does early voting start? Early voting has already started. We have, it ends Tuesday um, and the final election is May 7th. So there's a couple of days break. You can, you can vote tomorrow. Um, early voting is on Saturday and then Monday and Tuesday and that ends early voting. And then the final is May 7th. All right, Mr. Brian Shanks, thanks for coming in today and thank you for taking the time to get involved in the community and uh you know for uh getting out there being a dad and doing all those other good things that you've done so uh, thank you very much thank you and thank you for giving me the time that's what we're here for community radio kcsm.org uh, uh and this is revolving door we're going to be right back with you take a quick station id break here hello all you listeners out there in radio land i have some exciting news for you 
Limey's Lass is going to a two-hour show on Celtic Corner beginning January 26th. Tune in at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time at kzsm.org and hear two hours of Celtic music picked just for you. Hi, this is Steve Chelmsford reminding everyone to catch my show, The Mop Tops and the King, featuring an hour of the greatest two artists in the history of rock and roll, Elvis and the Beatles. Every Monday evening at 9 p.m. right here on KZSM, San Marcos Community Radio. Hi, this is Steve Chelmsford reminding everyone to catch my show, The Mop Tops and the King. Featuring an hour of the greatest two artists in the history of rock and roll, Elvis and the Beatles. Every Monday evening at 9 p.m. right here on KZSM, San Marcos Community Radio. And that is uh, San Marcos Community Radio. And uh, uh, Rob Burke, your host with you. And uh, yeah, special thanks to Brian Shanks for coming in tonight. Talking about the school board races here tonight. And, um, you know, on another note, you know, the school board is set up very similar to the city in that you have uh, representatives, except on the city level, all of our elected uh, city council members are at an at-large, okay, versus uh, only uh, uh, two of the elected members uh, from the school district, which, um, you know, is... A lot more people, and also city council has it in the fall elections. So generally people come out for presidential, for gubernatorial, uh, for senatorial, you know, all of those that are on the fall elections. So very, very few people are going to come out to vote. Again, this is where it makes the difference, is that your vote, you know, you count for a heck of a lot of people. And don't ever forget that. Use that vote. But make sure you know who your candidates are. Okay, so go out and talk to the candidates. Get some information. Don't go by a name. Don't go and just say, ah, I voted and I get a voted sticker. No, that's not how this game works, folks. Yeah, it can't work that way if that's what you want. But we want good candidates elected. And that's why it's important that you are, you know, we're only talking about a couple days here. We're talking about a Saturday, which is a lot easier to get out and vote on a Saturday than uh, uh, if you got to take off of work or go before or after work, okay, on a Tuesday or something like that. So, again, you know, why do you get involved? It is to change a direction to advocate, you know, for teachers, to advocate for our kids that they have programs and that those programs have the funding and have the teachers and have the skills that are needed in order to get them jobs in the community, to keep them in the community and to keep them as taxpayers in the community. All right? That's the whole idea, is that if you earn enough money, you can hopefully buy a home, which is a whole other, you know, we talked about that a little bit last week. But 
you know, we do have this area that is filling up. And I talked with one of our city council members last night uh, off the record on some things. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, we have everything pretty much planned out within the limits of the city of San Marcos. Now, it may not be built right now, but within the next five years, it is built out. And the school district also encompasses, we didn't talk about this earlier, but it encompasses uh, not just San, yeah, San Marcos, but also into Cal, Caldwell County and into um, Guadalupe County, Redwood area, over into uh, Martindale area. Those are within our school district. And so that is also another area uh, that we are bringing in uh, the kids from and that may not have all of the benefits that you may have in the city of San Marcos uh, as far as for infrastructure. So, you know, these things all come into play for what the school district is having to deal with in order to get those goals. And aren't they actually focused on the goals? You know, we talked about at the last uh uh, meeting of the uh, school district, it was, you know, looking at the micromanaging rather than coming back up to that 30,000 foot and looking at the macro level about what is it that we are trying to do? You know, what are the goals of the district? What are we trying to get out of the kids? And so these are the things that we have got to keep focused on. Uh, you know, the same things are happening at the city council level where we have people that are getting stuck in the weeds, that are getting into petty fights. Not, you know, not fights as much, but I mean, you know, you see where we're not getting things done. And we are, you know, what are we worrying about? You know, there are some things that we do need to be worried about, but we're missing the boat on where are we at as far as our budget where are we at as far as where do we see San Marcos in 2030, in uh, 20, I'll get it yet, in 2030, you know, eight years from now? You know, where do we see ourselves in three years? I don't even know that we can even say that because we have so much change that's going on and so much growth that is uh, coming at us. You know, we talked uh, two weeks ago about where are we going to put our trash? You know, where are the long-term goals from not only the school district, but the city council and at uh, the county level. And it seems to me, this is my personal soapbox here as we wrap up the night, is that we have lost that. You know, we talk about what's going on at the city council level with things, and it is, you know, we're worried about the micromanaging of you know, we, we pay good money, we need to keep paying good money, or we are going to lose those people here from the area. I mean, it's not easy to get, even getting well paid, it's hard to get a, a home. Uh, you know, I, I was telling the story about my son here just a little bit ago, and uh, uh, he is not able to, to find a home in Austin. He's going down to, back down to San Antonio, where he was born and grew up, to find a home, and he'll telecommute up to Austin. 
you know, it's just getting that much harder in order to find these things around here. So that growth and that uh, retention of our youth, it, it adds a whole nother layer. It's not just making sure they've got the job skills, but do we have the jobs that can keep them here? Can we uh, have... You know, we talk about housing affordability. Well, what really is that, folks? Do most people understand that? Do most people understand what the average mean household income is and why that is so critical? Okay, there is a difference. And uh, your, your median household income is a metric that the federal government uses Okay, and that is different. Household income is different than um, with family income uh, based on heads of family and how many people are in the houses and and mixed families. So all of these things get kind of shuffled around with different numbers used. But no matter where you look at it, generally San Marcos is at the lower end, and a lot of it has to do with, with the families that have children are working class and are not necessarily in the historic areas of San Marcos. They're not in these areas where the student housing is. They are more and more out in Martindale, out in Redwood, out in uh, the Hilliard area. Okay, you know, out in distance from the schools because that is where people can afford to live and to have jobs that are in the 30,000 to 40,000 range. Now, at one time, that sounded like a lot. But, folks, that's your lower end right now is your thirty to $40,000 range. Okay, in order to be making about uh, $60,000 a year, you've got to at least be making $20 an hour. Okay, and $60,000 a year is now becoming the lower end due to uh, inflationary pressures. Now, uh, you know, I'm not advocating minimum wage. I'm not saying that, uh, but it is that you have to understand where these levels are that we're talking about and how hard it is when the parents are tired, the parents are working, the parents are doing two jobs just to get ahead or to stay ahead, how difficult it is and what we've got to do to rebuild the damage from COVID. This has been We the People, Rob Rourke, and uh, thanks again uh, uh, to Brian Shanks for coming on out tonight. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, go check out... Uh, you know, uh, if you want some more information from him or his opponent, uh, go check out and talk to the folks, okay? Early voting is going on, and uh, make sure you get out there and vote. And, folks, get out there this weekend. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. I already stopped at one yard sale today, talked to some folks. And a uh, great place for you to go. Yard sales, flea markets will be out there, but also there's sporting events going on around town. There are all sorts of events going around downtown. 
Uh, we've got tomorrow morning uh, farmer's market. Come on down at 9 o'clock here on the square. KZSM.org, True Community Radio. We have an encore presentation of Friday Night with Care coming up next. This has been uh, Rob Rourke, your host. We the people, join us again next week. Trying to get the mayor back next week, see if she's uh, feeling a little better here and getting the uh, uh, getting herself out from the allergies and uh, hopefully have her back next week. And we're going to be talking more about school board races and about other upcoming things that you need to be on the lookout for. KZSM.org, True Community Radio, thank you very much.